Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Framing Podcast. I'm your host, Ricardo McRae, and this week in our warm seat, we have Helen Tremethic, brand voice strategist and copywriter. Hopefully today we will get into her head, figure out what is going on and how she uh, brings creativity to life with words. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ricardo. Of course. So Helen, I will start where we always start, where everyone starts. Where were you born? (laughs) Starting at the beginning. At the beginning. Let's go right back to the beginning. I was born in Scarborough, Ontario, You're Canada. Kidding me. I am a I Scarborough girl. I am always girl. amazed at the answers to these <laughs> questions. I, like, you know, sometimes you see someone like I completely have this. I'm like, okay, this person is done and run. You make up this whole thing in your head, and every time someone answers this question, I'm always blown away. So, Scarborough. where did you think I was born? I don't. Know, I thought you, here in my head. I'm in my head, cultured. this is how your life is going. <laughs> so you yeah. were born north of Ottawa on a little farm. <laughs> in my head this, this is yeah. your life this is your this is your alternate life you're in a little farm town north of ottawa and uh yeah you came to the big city to find your way and explore and <laughs> in my head it only with a my... theme song and everything oh, there's a theme there's a whole thing there's a show there's a reality show behind it the whole deal it's amazing. So you were born in Scarborough. I was born in Scarborough. I wasn't living in Scarborough at the time. My parents' doctor was on call in Scarborough. Where they were living didn't have a hospital, which was in Markham, which is a bustling city. And so they drove down in the middle of the night. And I was born in the morning, March 14th, wow. a little while ago. Hey. A couple of years ago. Yes, two or three. <laughs> two or three. And what was the first thing you ever remember writing? Oh, when I was very young, I used to write stories for my sister. I used to draw pictures. I spent a long time sitting in my room drawing pictures and writing stories. 10 years old, 12 years old, 6 years old. How old were you? Oh, good question. I was... (coughs) probably about seven. I have a lot of memories from before. We moved a bunch of times when I was quite young. And so my memories are quite scattered from that time. But I would have been about seven. I think my sister was very sick. And I made her a little book. Yeah, it's a lovely story called There's a Tiger Under My Bed. (laughs) Because nothing <laughs> was it settled. based in Ottawa. This is what I wanted. Was it based in a little town? It was. It was based in uh, in a little farm just north of Ottawa. Amazing! I knew this. I knew this. I could. Tell. Yes, you you picked it up. You picked it up. It's like I got that. Yeah, and uh, you know, nothing settles a very young kid of the age of about five or so, like a story about a tiger underneath one's bed, but. Yeah. So, and I left a little comment section in the back Excuse me. for people who had read the book to respond with their glowing. You know, it's a dialogue. It's not a monologue. <laughs> yes. Paving the way for, <laughs> for wow. communications online and off. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one younger sister. And what did your parents do for a living and how did that impact what you do today wow that's a good question my mother was trained as a nurse in the uk and when she moved to canada she would have had to do all of her training over again yeah yeah, and so she ended up staying in the medical sphere but not as a nurse so she was often a medical secretary she worked for a pediatrician one Mm -hmm. of the country's top eye doctors and so on so she was still in science but um but in a supporting role my father was a business analyst systems analyst for one of the major financial financial institutions Mm -hmm. and 
I'm not sure I, how it affected me and my choice. They were always really supportive of my creativity and showed me that science and math, which they're both very strong in, yeah. have a lot of creativity themselves. Mm. Math is all patterns. Um, science is is the question of of why why and how and and then that like creative discovery of it. So we we can apply. I think we can apply the idea of creativity kind of to anything. It's really just a matter of like how we go about looking at things. That before we started recording, we were talking about how you say that um, creatives have vision. Everybody, almost everybody, has sight, yeah. but creatives have vision. I really like that. So I, I think it's it's kind of a lens that you can apply upon anything. So how I think they informed my sense of structure and my understanding of the world. I have uh, quite an analytic sense to my creativity. Systematic. It's quite systematic. And even in the work that I do with the communications distillery, the teaching I do, the workshops that I provide are all based on this methodology as opposed to it being just you know, drawing from the ethereal source of everything creative, there is, there is more of a scientific application that comes off as being very creative, very nuanced, but still quite structured. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I'm always fascinated to see how you, uh, the inputs, as I like to to call it, the, you know, your life, your parents, Mm -hmm. where you were born, like how these things shape people's uh and, and completely unconsciously for the most part how it shapes who they are and their belief and their stand in the world and you know why they're doing what they're doing and you're taking this creative realm and you're putting structure into it and it's like it's beautiful because that allows creativity to flourish and live and be shared and you can educate other people because you're taking them along a one two three produce result mm-hmm. and, and and you can uh, produce individualized results that way mm-hmm. that are ultimately from that creative source still, but still, but because you've applied this formula to it, you can, you can kind of guarantee those results right. in a very scientific way. Right. And yeah. tell me a bit about that, that course. So this, this is available on your website and it will be available on my website. I, so I'm, in the process of creating a course that's based on this methodology that I teach in person semi-regularly. And it's a content development methodology I call Captivate. I call it Captivate because that's what has to happen before people click buy, before they click donate, subscribe, book consultation, download anything. Before they say yes, they need to be captivated by you, enthralled by you. They need to... um, you know, no like trust, they need to feel seen and heard and understood by you. So all of those feelings, because buying, even if you're buying windows, it's still an emotional process. All of those feelings is that captivation. And we can do that in a four step process. The first is your brand. So that's who you are and the services you provide, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's more importantly the values that run your organization, those deeper motivations that mm-hmm. fuel your engine. I, I like to say that online content is just a conversation. And in order to start a good conversation with someone, you need to know where you're going, yeah. where you want to go, what you want to convey. And right. so that is, is the essence of your brand at least when it comes to your communications. The second is resonance. And that is the other end of that conversation. Who are you speaking to? And discovering a client that will resonate with those values. They will choose you. They already know that they need your services. Mm -hmm. They will choose you over the other people that provide your services because they connect to what you're saying. So resonance is about knowing who you're speaking to, but it's also about knowing the language that they speak. So together, that's your online voice. Mm -hmm. 
your brand and that resonance with your ideal client. Then the third piece is strategy, putting all those good words in the order that people will connect with online, very right. formulaic. You know, paragraphs need so many words, so many sentences, that right. stuff. And then the last piece, most importantly, the last piece, because it doesn't work anywhere else in the system, is clarity. That means edit your content. <laughs> Make sure you're right. Make sure it's not too long, not too short. Go over it, tear it down. Less is more. Remember that. (laughs) Run your spell checker. Uh, That's that's that last piece: the brand resonance, strategy, clarity, and that's the methodology I I teach. And it works across industries. It works with uh, individuals and members of teams of multinationals uh, because you can nuance it accordingly so that it still comes out as you. It's not templated, it's not stuck, but it's in a, a formulaic fashion that people will still find readable and consumable. Right, And that's the whole point. If people don't read it, consume it, it's a waste of time. There's no conversion. It's a waste of time. It's a complete waste of time. And I, I can't, I mean, copy is one of those things. I've been building websites for well over a decade. Mm-hmm. The number one hiccup to slow any project down is copy. Number one, they're always like, well, what about this? And can you do this? And about the e-commerce? And I'm like, do you have copy? (laughs) (laughs) Copy will kill everything. Absolutely. That's secret sauce. Like people are like, oh, yeah, I have this 19-page document. I'm like, I need to get that down to seven words. And how do you convey? I remember clear as day, I was talking to this guy, a friend of mine from school, built his brand years ago. And I said, so what does your company do? He's like, I'm so glad you asked. Let me email you this 19, no joke, 19 page PDF. And I went, what? I was like, are you high? It's like, oh. He's like, yes, you know, this is the sort of the essence and the connect. And he's all loves it. I was like, listen, dude, I'm like, I don't know if you've ever opened the phone, but 19 page PDF is just never going to cut it. On your mobile device. No. It's not so responsive, no matter how you look at it. A, a whole what we now call a brainstorming session where it's like, you know, there's some wine involved and whiteboards and all of this. And we would distill that down to seven words. Mm -hmm. And by the time we got to the seven words, he's just like, he's like, yeah, that's, that's everything I'm doing. I'm like, okay, great. And it's, I remember that one. That was, we bring ideas to industry or we connect ideas to industry. And what they would do, they find people with inventions and get them connected to people who can make those inventions happen and produce them and bring them to the world and save gas mileage and all this wonderful stuff. Very, very scientific and micro this and da 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 And I'm like, yeah, we connect ideas to industry. Mm-hmm. And he loved it. And it was great. And they would go out. And I said, so when you meet someone, and then I showed them how to use that in a conversation in an elevator on Facebook on this it's like now you have the tool like get out there and sh- mm-hmm. only share this with everyone what do you do ben <laughs> hey my name is john i connect ideas to industry and just leave it like don't explain anything else and allow people to take it allow them to ask you another question if they're interested they will ask and then you start revealing and it's Absolutely. And that elevator pitch is really hard to nail. I will often say that I help people find the words they need to get the clients they want. And I say that because I started saying that I was a copywriter, but that didn't really feel quite right. And then I was saying I'm a brand voice strategist. And people are a little like, I don't really know what that means. And ultimately, what I do is that distillation process, I help you figure out what words you need, you as an entrepreneur, you as a member of that marketing team of that multinational, you as that you founder of that nonprofit, they'll help you figure out what words you need to connect with your audience. And I do that sometimes through copywriting, sometimes through coaching sessions, sometimes through workshops, that changes. But ultimately, like that's the crux of it. That's like you say, the the essence, the distillation. And, and it's tricky. It's tricky to, because our brains work in 19 pages, but all of these little details, all of these little details are important and they are important, but in those, 
but in particular spheres, not in the elevator, not at the networking place, and not on your website either. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's copy. You know, is one of those things that becomes invisible after it's done well. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes. Uh, People say, "Wow, this website looks so great." Yeah, but you didn't <laughs> like, see yep. me pulling my eyeballs out for the last thirty to forty-five <laughs> days of like looking at code and numbers and dots and you know all of these things to build it. And yeah, I know it works on your mobile device. Do you know what it takes to make that happen? Yeah. Like this stuff that had to disappear and pull. And like thinking through the logic of every single click and every single screen yeah. and every single experience that someone is having. I'm like, you build a whole website. Then I'm like, okay, let me look at this on an iPad horizontally. No, let me look at the entire website vertically. And you have to make sure all of it works. And you have to do that for every single screen size. <laughs> and when they're like, oh, yeah, just whip this up and change it. I'm like, no, dude, that's... No, it's just a it. small project. Yeah, I got to <laughs> test that thing on, you know, seven, eight different browsers. And like, then we have to go Internet Explorer, Firefox. Like, they all look different. They all respond differently. Fonts mm-hmm. look different. And you're like, dude, this, don't just tell me to whip it up. Like, it's one of those very frustrating yeah, just yeah. this site. I'm like, yeah, don't ever speak to me like that about <laughs> it's offensive. <laughs> it's like yeah, you're on trial for first all, degree Ricardo. murder and you're like, yeah, just whip up a defense. Whip up a defense. Do <laughs> <laughs> you understand what's going on? But yeah, that creative process in the cloud, yeah. that, you know, so hard to explain. And when it's done well, most of the time it, it becomes invisible. Mm-hmm. Because it just I, I works. Like- I like to think about how we're still relatively new to the internet, like in the grand scheme of communicating with each other. We're, yeah, I would even say like we're toddlering, like we're really just getting our, our ideas together. And, um, and so I think about it in terms of we're only beginning to understand when somebody is being genuine with us online. Mm -hmm. And, so it's it's not just a matter of just throwing some words up there. You're right. Like it's not just a matter of whipping together a design. I like to think of the golden trifecta of great websites, which is, you know, it it looks good, it runs well, it reads well. So yeah. you and if one of those is off, then the whole thing is off. Yeah. And with a just throw a whole pile of words into a website, but what's going to end up happening is that it's going to feel really templated. It's going to feel really stuck and it's not going to make that connection because connection comes before conversion. How do you begin to, to educate people to the sense that when the copy is right with the, the trifecta, like once that piece gets fixed, uh, it makes the difference in hmm. your bottom line. Like this, this, that directly translates to more money, more sales, more whatever it is that you're doing when those, when it's clear and it's connected. Well, a few years ago there was that content is king content is queen meme that. And so that really helped a lot of us copywriters who had been saying for years, we're like, it's not just about what it looks like. And, but ultimately the way that I convince people is through a metaphor, because I think in metaphors Mm. I say, Imagine that you are up for the best job ever and remembering that your website is your best salesperson, that your website is speaking to your prospective client, aka your prospective employer. So you are looking really nice in your sharpest suit and that's your web design. And mm-hmm. you show up on time, you have all of the schedules for all of the buses that you need to take in order to get there, yeah. and you get there 10 minutes early. That's your development. Everything is working well. Mm-hmm. If you walk into that office and you sit down and you can't answer the questions that they're asking you, it doesn't matter which bus you took or how the cut of your suit, it, uh, you still don't get the job. And so content is the same. If it doesn't matter how flash your site yeah. looks. If you can't keep people on your site, it doesn't matter what you've plugged into your SEO plugin. If you can't keep people there, you're not getting the sale. And so we work from there. Wow. 
that's a really powerful metaphor. It's, it's, uh, Thanks. I use it a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that drives it home. And you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I'm going to knock this out of the park. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, 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 you're stumbling. Or let mm-hmm. me explain that to you in a 19-page document. And <laughs> exactly. I'm so you see my resume you on page 16. <laughs> you're going to see clearly where I've laid out. I'm like, what the <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's really good. How important is the metaphor or telling that story or translating the creative you know we talked about pulling creativity from the ether how important is it to be able to paint that story with words and visualize so that the people who don't have the vision can actually connect with what is going on because it is like buying life insurance this thing is something you have but nobody can show you know it's i have it but where is it? It's so. How important is painting that picture and that metaphor and finding these stories to articulate the things that creatives do? Mm. In the grand scheme, I think quite important. We still need to be talking about this, uh, which is a fortunately and unfortunately scenario. Fortunately for us, we need to keep talking about this because it's um, because it's important. Unfortunately, people still need to be educated of the value of content, but that's okay. Thankfully, I've been doing this for long enough that I don't have to have a lot of educational conversations Mm -hmm. that the people who come to me already know. Chances are they've already hired a copywriter in the past. They've been around the block a few times. They know that what they've been doing isn't right and they're ready for something that is, that is more them. And that's what I hear a lot of, that Good. that our, our content isn't quite right. It doesn't really sound like us. It doesn't really represent who we are. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I talk to them about building a brand voice that does sound like them based on their core values, based on their guiding principles. And we work together to create that right at the get-go. And sometimes it stops there. Sometimes we do a brand voice experience, I hand over a roadmap, and they go and they write their content. Sometimes they come back for coaching sessions, and then sometimes I take it and run with it and write the copy myself. But from the get-go, we're already talking about why a values-driven approach is going to get them the copy that does sound like them, that does connect with their audiences, that it doesn't just sound like some other website. And it's so critically important today, especially when everybody's Googling and searching online for whatever it is that they want, whether it's hair clips or a car, and they know exactly what they want by the time they get to the store or they get to Amazon or wherever it is. They've done the research, they've checked the specs, they've... They're reading everything. So when that copy speaks to that specific audience uh, and it answers the questions that they have that keeps them up at night, so to speak, uh, it's magnetic and it's magical. Mm-hmm. And like sales start flowing because of it. And people are like, oh, yeah. that is what you do. And you're like, yes, this is what I've been trying to tell you. Yeah, so it's captivating. It's, people are like, exactly. yes. You, you over every other nutritionist, you over every other web designer, you over every other nonprofit that I want to donate my money to, all my extra money to at the end of the year, because I know we're all in that position. Um, (laughs) The extra money budget. (laughs) The extra money budget. (laughs) My extra money. I put that in that budget. You can't see mine. Mine's just off screen. (laughs) Oh, it's so big. It's like creating a shadow in the room. (laughs) But yeah, it's 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 that it's communication. Uh, communication is the key to everything that gets created, and yeah, it's it's one of those things that we've struggled with at Wedge Fifteen. Like we agonize for hours over every email, every bit of copy that goes. Like people, are like come on. At this point, I'm like, nope. We'll spend half a day writing an email that just goes out to our audience because we know it's speaking to you know, 10,000, 15,000 people. And mm-hmm. I want it to be meaningful. And I want it to convey. So we will sit there and close our eyes and like all the different segmented lists and stuff that we have. And I'm like, okay, we're going to listen to this as, you know, the people from this list. I'm like somebody who has just 
joined, don't know who we are. I'm like, do I have any questions? Do I have, does this, does this fit well? And okay, let's talk about someone who's a past client. Let's listen to it like that. And blah, 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 blah. And we do it over and over and over. And no, not that word. It's this. And let's change. And we go back and forth. And when, I mean, it takes us way longer than it would probably take you. But it's, once it's done right and it's finished and it goes out, uh, well, we got the help from you to actually clarify and clean those things up. And the immediate response, I'm talking the very next day we used it, it had an impact. And mm-hmm. people were like, ah, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, stuff started, pop- like immediately. It wasn't, oh, let's see how this goes for a few months. It's, it's instant. And that's, that's the, the, the power of this. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, you know, we were talking before about it being invisible. Like after all of that work is put in, people are like, oh yeah, of course it makes sense. And you're like, <laughs> I just want you to understand how many days and sessions. It's, like to pull this stuff out, to get it down to the the seven words. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time you get down to that point, you have, you know, trimmed the fat and distilled this thing to a point where it's just the, the essence that's, that works extremely well. And then when it does, people are responding to your newsletters. They're opening your newsletter every single time. So your open rates are really high. They're converting really high. If you have a new offer, people are like, yes, I want that. I know you, I like you, you understand me. I want that because you've, you have really considered what you're saying to your people, your people. Yeah. Helen, what was your first job? I, my first job for money was, as opposed to volunteering, I volunteered when I was really, really young. So I volunteered in the ER of a hospital when I was 11. Don't know who puts like, who an 11-year-old I was cleaning the all ER. the scalpels after surgery. I'm like, who signed <laughs> off on this? Yeah, Scarborough. <laughs> we were back at Scarborough. <laughs> Uh, so that was my first volunteer position, was in the ER at the age of 11. And <laughs> my first paid job was uh, not nearly as exciting. I got a job through one of my teachers when I was in maybe grade nine. I was a young grade nine, so I would have been 12. And I would photocopy the handouts and the tests. Ooh. Yes. Yeah always given the impression of being very trustworthy, apparently. <laughs> you can handle and... sharp implements and tests <laughs> organization. Yeah, people in very vulnerable situations <laughs> trusting me with their secrets. Like, you look like you can handle that. There <laughs> you go. Yeah. Here's the uh, brand voice for my company. Could you fix ab- that? Like, absolutely. Yeah. And I say, yes, yes, absolutely, I can. I can help you with that. So that was the first thing that I did for many, which is... It's an odd thing to think about these days, how kind of archaic it still feels. It's, what is that thing that they used to use in schools? Typewriters? <laughs> it's it's, it's this blue thing that you would have to crank and it would smell like alcohol to make copies. It had some weird name, but it was like a bluey purple. And you would... Oh, I don't know. Photostatters. It was like ancient, but I remember my high school had this thing many, many, many moons ago. But it, uh, I used to love the smell of that alcohol. <laughs> the, the beast of a photocopier Maybe we shouldn't be talking about that now. But <laughs> as well. <laughs> so what is your process like with a client? How do clients find you? Is it all referral? And then how, what, what do you take them through uh, once they decide they want to move forward? Mm, good question. Clients find me in a variety of ways, but predominantly through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. I partner with a lot of designers, and those designers know the value of content, and I really like their visual portfolio, so we work really well together. And then we're able to create that golden trifecta of a great website. So I do partner with a lot of designers whose clients will come through saying, my website needs to look better. And they say, your website also needs to read better. As you were saying earlier, that uh, that content is a, a tricky 
obstacle for a lot of designers because it's so integral. And so they'll often, those designers will often call me in to help out. So I'll work with the client directly that way, or they'll find me through my Facebook group or online and connect with my, my brand, I suppose. And, and by the time, usually by the time that they've gone through the process of reading through my website and then filling out the contact form and us getting on to a consultation, we're usually 95% of the way there. I very rarely don't go forward with a client once we've gotten on the phone, but we'll usually have a chat about their struggles and their business and yeah. their, their aspirations and, and then the, the nuances that make them human. So we'll, we'll talk about the weather and their kids and my kid yeah. and, and where we overlap. And then, and then inevitably we will start working on the brand voice first. So if it's a copywriting client for a big website project, yeah. that's where we'll start. We'll, I'll have them fill out a really deep intake questionnaire that acts as a bit of a strategy yeah. guide for mm-hmm. them. So it goes into all of the ins and outs of their business. And and, and it's interesting because the questions aren't necessarily about content. They're about your business mm-hmm. and why you do the work you do. And from there, I can extrapolate who you are and what you sound like. Then I create a brand voice roadmap for them. And we work on it to make sure that it's, that it's right, yeah. that it sounds like them. So then that brand voice roadmap informs all of the content that I'll write. And it works for them if they ever hire another copywriter or if they expand their team or if they're doing their own writing, they can read through this roadmap and that will guide their content so that at least there's more consistency of tone and language because they've done that kind of focused yeah. work playing in, in within the sandbox of, yeah. of their voice it's exactly it, it's funny that is almost the identical process that we use at wedge 15 when we go through with clients people like oh we want to get a website or we want to get this or and i was like okay so tell me who you are tell me yep. why why you know you're a lawyer i'm like why aren't you a plumber scale it right back like, let's what, go, is right? This? You know, what yeah. did you do on day one like how come you chose mm-hmm. this profession and you know why aren't you working with a big corporate firm why are you on your own like what happened there and and really getting their whole story and we would map things out on whiteboards and you know have it around the room and it's like 15 pages later i'm drawing lines and connections between things and just showing yeah. them that this is all just one thing from like when you were five to today, it's like you're doing the same thing. Like you are, mm-hmm. and from that you could build. That's what I use to build a brand or an identity, or to choose colors, or to choose, you know, what your website will look like, or what. Yeah, you know, this it's like that's your signature message. Right. That's the thing that you bring to the world, and then the rest of it is the medium. That's what the tools that you use, yeah. but. You could have been a doctor or a firefighter, but you still have those values of wanting to help people. Right. And, uh, and so, like, the rest of it is kind of just education and, yeah. and the, what the your day to day looks like. What are the words yeah. that we're going to use and what makes sense here? And how do we communicate this feeling or this emotion in a way that translates to people? It becomes magnetic for them. So, yeah, exactly. it's, I always say the copy is one of those things that uh, I gladly outsource. <laughs> Give me a high five to that high five. Yeah. It's like, it's like I do not create in words, but I create in in other ways. And you know, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. <laughs> well, and know who's in the next lane over that you yeah. can like pass the baton to. And I'm mixing metaphors here, but um, but it does. It works really well when people work as a team when they don't try to wear all of the hats mm-hmm. where they focus in on what they do well and outsource to people who they trust. Have you always done this or have you done other things? (laughs) Uh, That depends on your perspective, Ricardo. I don't know. So have I What's in your head when I I say that? What's in your head? Like, let's share that. (laughs) I'll tell you what's in my head. So I have worn a number of different hats. I have worked in a bank 
on a small island in the English Channel. I rode my bike partway across Canada and was a PR rep for that tour. Bicycle or motorcycle? Bicycle. um, And just the flat part. I mean, really, everybody else did, like, the really bumpy parts on, like, both sides of Canada and uh, the flat part in between. Um, I was a baker and a research and development consultant, a furniture maker. I was the executive director of a nonprofit. I've I've worn a lot of job titles. And... I think partly, you know, I also did photocopies for teachers. <laughs> and volunteered in the ER. I, I volunteered in the ER. I wrote scripts for radio play. You know, those ones that are like, carpets, 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 come down. We have rugs on sale. Really, really cool. Yeah, I did that for a little while. And it, across the board, what I found that those were just the job titles. Those were just the... Yeah. It was, those were just the tools. And in every single position, even the furniture maker, I was writing the grant applications, writing the manuals for training others, training other employees, you know, standing up, being the, the representative of these organizations right. in a communications capacity. And, you know, not as an 11 year old in the ER, but even then I would, I would writing signs in this way and you you, you were still, I would walk their patients to the rooms and I would get all of their information and then convey it to the doctors and nurses on staff. So even then that was the, that I was doing. And, and that's part of what you were just talking about when you have those 15 pages that are up on your walls or those 19 pages that that person has given to you. When you step it back, you strip it down those are those seven words. And for me, the seven words were I help people find the words they want to get the clients they need. I don't think that's seven words. I think it's more. It didn't count. Yeah. But um, we get it. We get yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it resonated. It resonated. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 always interesting. You know, people talk about what do I want to do with my life and how did I figure this out? And, you know, it's I I. Uh, I always say it's it's after you've lived a little bit of life that you can look back and start seeing where you're going. Uh, nobody yeah. knows where they're going in life. Nobody's like, oh, I've, you know, I've very rarely seen someone say, this is what I'm going to do when I'm like three years old and they just beeline to that mm-hmm. thing. It's you live a bit and, you know, you do some copies and you ride a bicycle and you do a nonprofit. <laughs> and you come over, like we're living like this is what life is. Yeah. Like, I have done everything from construction to you know, selling ties on a cardboard box on the side of the street, like yeah. to make ends meet. And it's, I still use skills from those jobs. I still okay. use those skills from that experience in branding clients. Like a skill, I'll tell you, a skill I learned about pricing came from selling watches on the side of the street on a cardboard box. And <laughs> people laugh and they're like, oh, come on, Ricardo, you didn't do that. I'm like, oh, I did that. I'm like, I was like, out there, got these watches from this little warehouse in Scarborough and came downtown, found a cardboard box, set it up, and hey, who wants a watch? Like, I was that guy for, you know, a summer. And I was selling these watches for 50 bucks. Cheap, no good watches. It said genuine leather. And I'm like, just hope it doesn't rain because the watch is going to dissolve. <laughs> it was awful, awful products and services. So I'm selling these watches for 50 bucks. No one, people come, they touch it, they're like, nah, it doesn't feel like leather. They put it down, they leave. Feels flimsy, feels cheap. Something happened in the office and I knew I wasn't going to go back. Today was going to be my last day. So I said, these watches are going to be 75 bucks for each watch or 100 bucks, whatever the number was. Whatever it was, it increased dramatically in price for no good reason other than Today's my last day. <laughs> I'm going out of business. <laughs> going out of business sales, so I tripled the price. I sold every single watch in one day. The exact same people, the exact same corner, the same guy going, hey, hey, who wants a watch? Who wants a tie? And I sold all of my watches. I tripled the price because people touched them and they went, ooh, 75 bucks. And they were like, oh, that's must nice be genuine leather. leather. It must be. And they put it on. It looks so good. And, I sold all the watches. And that day I learned that the price of your product determines the perception of it. Mm-hmm. So if you price it at 25 bucks or 50 bucks, for sure it's a fake watch. But if it's 75 bucks or 100 bucks, 
uh, that's nice leather. <laughs> <laughs> and it's- it works. I use that for years in my business. And I, every year, I would just increase my prices. Increase my prices. And it's, it worked. It, it continues to work today. People, oh, I want to start. And I said, here's the number one mistake people do. They start with their price too low. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, when I get better, I'll improve it. I'm like, nope. I said, tell people that your price is a thousand bucks, let's say, and that you're discounting it by 80% for a limited time. Absolutely. That way, when you do take off that 80% and you feel confident enough to charge a thousand bucks for your product or service, it's not a surprise to anyone. But if you say my product is 200 bucks and then six weeks later you're like, I got this, it's now a thousand, everyone will say, So what have you added? that will increase the value six times over or five times over, whatever that thing mm-hmm. is. And you're like, uh, I just feel different. They're like, yeah, bye. <laughs> like it, you, you get trapped in the zone of where the price, you can't raise the price because people mm-hmm. expect you to double the size or give you extra volume, you know, this Costco mentality of, of things. And sometimes with creative work, you can't, you know, triple the hours that you're putting in. The, the better you get, the less time you put in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, like, and sometimes with creative work, you can't really gauge how many hours it's going to take. Yeah. You know, I have, I belong to a Facebook group that is almost predominantly copywriters and we all do very different things. It's a very supportive community. It's lovely. And nice. I, yeah, it's really, really nice to see. And a lot of us talk about that time where i Somebody was saying the other day that is that procrastination time between getting the clients and writing the copy. And I don't see it as procrastination. I see it as percolation. There is necessary percolation time. The ideas need to marinate before before they're ready and in the form of words, in the form of art, in the form of any kind of creativity. And uh, it's like that's necessary percolation time. You can't always factor in how many hours or how many minutes that percolation time is going to be because it differs depending on every project, every client. You're always starting from scratch. And it's not about putting more effort or more resources. Sometimes you need to just, you know what, I need to go walk in the park and play with my kids and Mm -hmm. stick for a dog and all of a sudden it will pop. Yeah, you're like, like, that's the thing. I got the thing. And it's... ah." So it's... (laughs) I I, I was told this, this metaphor once and I love it. It said, you can't put nine women in a room and get a baby in a month. I said, some, some <laughs> things take as long as they take. That's it. <laughs> more resources and more people do not speed up the process. No. It's, it just takes this long. And you've got to give things time to, to just be. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's why my podcast is, is an hour, 45 minutes, because these conversations take time. I can't distill this down into a two-minute soundbite. Because you're on Snapchat or whatever it is. It's like, this is an hour. If you either want to listen to it or you don't. Mm-hmm. This, this is how it's <laughs> going to go, you know? So we have a couple more minutes, and I know we have to stop soon. So I'm going to start asking you some questions that are random. Excellent. And maybe you can help me come up with a name for these questions. They're just cool, random questions. Uh, you can choose between two words. Uh, live or recorded is an example of one. Or it will be finish this sentence. Today I... And you say something. Okay. Or you fill in the blank in a question. I wrote these things down years ago and I just... I find them interesting. They all, they're all they super random. But I enjoy them and my, my, my listeners enjoy them. So we will continue to do. All right. So are you I'm ready? I'm ready. Okay. The first question... Or the first choice is hot or sweet? Hot and sweet? Hot or sweet? Mm. Sweet. TV or movie? TV. Tastes great or less filling? Tastes great. (laughs) (laughs) Hard options or ignorant bliss? Hard options. Bone or boneless? (laughs) 
can I abstain from that one? You certainly can. <laughs> you choose or in that question. <laughs> or. <laughs> 25 or 35? 35. Every time. <laughs> Freedom <laughs> or free speech? Or. How can you have freedom and not free speech? How can you have free speech and not freedom? What does freedom mean? And is is it free to... Oh, Ricardo. Just, just stay with me. Just pick one. <laughs> they don't mean anything. Just. But it means so much. It doesn't. Just strip that away. Just. Okay, free speech. Okay, thank you. <laughs> one million dollars or one million lives? One million lives. Waiter or waitress? Mm. Waitress? Thank you. <laughs> Couch potato or hot tamale? Hot tamale. <laughs> Morning, noon, or night? Morning. Midnight? Or noon? Midnight. Formal or informal? Mm, informal. Do it now or do it later? <laughs> and I know your do answer. It now. <laughs> you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> the goal is honesty. I'm going to refresh the rules. The goal is honesty. <laughs> So do it now is your official final answer. Official final answer. Okay. Step up to the plate. Do it now. Uh, in your time. Newspaper the- or radio? Radio. Listen or talk? Listen. Slippers, shoes, or barefoot? Barefoot. Dog or cat? Two cats. Boy or girl? One girl. Two girls. One and a half girls. I have a stepdaughter, too. Mom or dad? Mom. Moonlight or sunshine? Mmm. Yum. Sunshine. Snow or sand? Sand. Wine or beer? It depends on the season, Ricardo. Stay with me. (laughs) It's meaningless. Just pick one. (laughs) Wine. Red. Wine. Red. Got it. Style or comfort? Mm -hmm. Comfortable style. Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. That's your Scarborough coming out, right? <laughs> That's a, such a Scarborough, Scarborough answer. <laughs> Bike or car? Bike. Though I currently don't have one. Disclaimer. You just choose bike. It doesn't. Bike. Bike. Wind or sail? Sail. Tall or thin? Tall. Mm. Live or recorded? Live. Football or soccer? Are you asking me what do I call soccer? Because I call it soccer. Soccer. (laughs) (laughs) They mean nothing. Just (laughs) (laughs) Titanic or Hindenburg? Oh... Hindenburg. Questions or answers? Questions. Fill in this blank. I had blank for breakfast. Toast with peanut butter. My biggest fear about my children is? My biggest fear about my children is that grow up in an unsafe world. Have you ever been fired? Mm. 
Yes. Have you ever quit? Yes. Everyone loves that. Everyone's like, always like, oh, I quit. They were just, <laughs> yeah. Quitting is the most liberating. Like, it's such an act of like, screw you. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm worth more than this. It's so good. Uh, if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be? An apple. If you were a machine, what machine would you be? Maybe a backhoe for like the excavation, but also the filling in. Super cool. In my head, in your life, the life that you're living in. My <laughs> in the Ottawa farm. <laughs> in the Ottawa farm, you're a typewriter. That's <laughs> That's just, again, it's all in my head. It's not real. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> what is one thing everyone should do before they die? Tell the truth. What is something everyone must experience before they die? Sunlight on their face with nothing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Helen Tremethic, brand voice strategist and copywriter. She will help you craft the words that mean the most to your customers and tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. How can they find out more and what's your favorite platform to play on when it comes to social? Thanks, Ricardo. Uh, People can find out more about me at communicationsdistillery.com. And you can find me primarily on Instagram. That's where you can see me, my life, the things I'm thinking about. And I'm currently in the midst of the 100-day project. So there's a pile of videos on there as well because I've been showing my face on video. You can also, if you're interested in writing, join my Facebook group, Write Your Business. It's facebook.com slash groups slash write your business brilliant i'll put links to all of this stuff below in the show notes on the website so you can all click it and get to it in a hurry and connect with helen and get your writing handled (laughs) so thanks so much for being here this was a lot of fun i appreciate it thank you ricardo it's been great